that Jesus Christ is superior over the Old Testament priesthood, is superior over the angels, is superior over the law and Moses who gave it, through whom God gave it, and that Jesus Christ has an everlasting priesthood. And so an encouragement not to backslide. And in the particular, the portion that we've just read uh, also compares with Psalm 110, verse 4. Uh, Psalm 110, verse 4, talking about Christ being a high priest in the order of Melchizedek, a priesthood that is for eternity. And Jesus Christ, his sacrifice was made once for all for the sins of the whole world as compared to the Old Testament high priests, especially the Aaronic high priests, who made atonement for sins just once in a year. And they had to use the blood of animals, the bulls, the goats, and one of the gods had to be sent out to life. Uh, we know it as a scapegoat carrying the sins of the people, but it was temporal. They had to keep repeating that. But Jesus Christ offered himself once for all using his own blood. And so indeed he is superior than the ironic high priesthood. And so even as we continue to share and see how this applies to us. It's important to have that background that Jesus Christ, our great high priest, is superior in all respects. He is able to save us to the utmost. And one of the things we are learning is that he made atonement for our salvation. Christ made atonement our salvation as one of the roles of the priests is to atone, to ask God for forgiveness for themselves, like the ironic priests, but also for the people that they represented, like the Israelites. Now, Jesus Christ, who was sinless, he qualified to be the atoning lamb, a lamb without blemish a lamb that takes away the sins of the world. And so he could atone for your salvation. He could atone for my salvation. But what does atonement mean? The Marian Webster Dictionary defines atonement as the reconciliation of God and humankind through the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ. Atonement, according to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, is the reconciliation of God and humankind through the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ. And so as our great high priest, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is sinful, reconciled us back to God. He reconciles all human beings who are willing to put their faith in him, to trust him as their savior, that he can reconcile them back to the holy God. We know that God is holy and he tells us that we need to be holy just as he is holy. 
but because the barrier was created, the fellowship was broken because of the sin of our ancestors, Adam and Eve, we needed a mediator, we needed atonement, and this atonement was tried in the Old Testament through the animals, the blood of animals, but it could not take away completely our sins or the sins of human beings. It's Jesus Christ whose atonement is complete, is perfect, because he himself is sinless. And we are reading First John chapter 2, verse 1 to 2. The Bible says, my dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of the whole world. Jesus Christ is our advocate when we sin. He pleads for us before God the Father because he's righteous. So his sacrifice atones for our sins and the sins of the whole world. And so John also affirms Jesus Christ as the atoning lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. And so, friends, if we have come to Christ, if we have known him as our Lord and Savior, praise the Lord that he has drawn us by his love and we are in his sheepfold. But just in case we have seen as the scripture is saying, but if anyone does sin, first of all, he's saying, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. You know, just like I mentioned about a communication from a person we love, a person we treasure, a role model, you know, this is God's letter, love letter for us where we are still encouraged as children of God, as believers in Jesus Christ, that when we study God's word, when we leave it out, the word which is God himself, Jesus Christ, then we will be victorious, we will not sin. But just in case we are tempted to sin, he's telling us that we have an advocate, an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. And friends, our father is not in any way unjust. Actually, scripture elsewhere says that he is a God of faithfulness without injustice. We sing that song, a God of faithfulness without injustice. So we ascribe greatness to him. You know, our systems, much as they are meant to be for justice, sometimes there is a lot of injustice instead. You know, if you do not call some big monies or some bribe of some sort to the judges, to the lawyers and whoever, your case may not be heard. Your case may be dismissed. But our God is just and our advocate is in right relationship with him. And so he pleads our case 
And because he is righteous, his sacrifice, which was made once for all, atoned for our sins. That atonement, that reconciliation that was made through his own blood makes us to have access to God's forgiveness when we repent of our sins, when we ask God uh, for forgiveness. He truly forgives us and he forgives everybody else. He deserves our praise. Indeed, we ascribe greatness, we ascribe power, we ascribe all honor and majesty to him. And we already read in Hebrews 5, verse 9b, Hebrews 5, 9b, that says, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Our Lord Jesus Christ became the source of our eternal salvation. Salvation meaning that we are having a right standing with God. We are justified. Um, we are justified because we, we need to obey his word. We need to obey at the beginning that he commanded Joshua in chapter 1, verse 8. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Let not this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate upon it day and night and be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be successful. Then you will be prosperous. I believe that we all want to prosper. We all want to succeed both in academics, in work, in life, in marriage, and in all aspects of life, in business, whatever it is, we want to succeed. And the only and best way for us to succeed genuinely is when we take God's love later. We take God's word as important. We study it day and night. We apply it. Then we'll be successful because he became the source of our eternal salvation. So we need to obey him. Let's obey his commands. So uh, Jesus Christ, our role model, who lives for us, we too need to emulate him. We need to accept him as Lord and Savior. If we have had any challenges, we can still come back to him. His, our hands are wide open. His mercies are new every morning and every morning. We need to realize that we him all the day so that we can enjoy this eternal salvation, the abundant life that he provides, that we start here on earth, but also in eternity. And this is also stated in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, the verse we started with. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Friends, we need to hold firmly to the faith that we profess. In this world, there are many trials and many temptations. But our role model, Jesus Christ, the great high priest himself, said, Yes, in this world you have many troubles, but be of good courage. I have overcome the world. We can overcome because he overcame 
nothing and he is with us and if he is for us nothing can be against us praise his holy name the other thing we want to look at uh, apart from Jesus's role as our advocate as our advocate as our atonement the atonement for our salvation he also assures us of victory in temptations he gives us the victory in temptations he's our role model as far as temptation is concerned and we are in the time of lent this brings vivid memories of the temptation that our lord jesus christ the great high priest our role model underwent in the wilderness and uh, we know that there were many many temptations that he encountered but praise god that he overcame them all just as uh, verse 15 which is a key verse states that we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are but he was without sin it's a memory verse for some of us who have gone through the navigators bible study he went through all kinds of trials and temptations just as we are but he was without sin so he's our role model in as far as temptations are concerned and we can overcome because he overcame and in the gospels a lot is recorded about these temptations that Jesus underwent but we will specifically pick from the gospel of Matthew chapter 4 Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 to 11 will not read verbatim but will pick uh, some phrases i imagine that it is a portion of scripture that is common to many of us we know very well that after jesus christ had gone into the desert being full of the holy spirit to be tempted by the devil by satan after he had fasted for 40 days bible records that felt hungry and of course he needed something to eat but the devil tried to take advantage of that situation of his being hungry and so he comes up with a phrase if you are the son of god tell these stones to become bread you know he's speaking like trying to put Jesus to doubt his deity to doubt his being the son of god if you are you know i mean if you are whoever you are your identity is sure you it cannot change but you see how cunning and tricky the devil comes in he's saying if you are the son of god tell these stones to become bread particularly in verse 3 of matthew chapter 4 but much as jesus christ needed food and he had the power to change the stones to become food he did not succumb to the temptation he was not tempted he did not yield he, he was tempted but he did not yield to the temptation instead he pointed out 
that it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Jesus is pointing to the spiritual food, to God's word, the love letter for us all, that it's important that we live by God's word. It's not just the physical food that we need, even if the devil is tempting him. I know in times like this, some of us try to fast. Others think, ah, it's a waste of time. Can I manage? Oh, you know, I have ulcers. Oh, there is this and the other. But friends, we need to rely on the word of God. And when we believe the truth in God is what? And we go about our physical life well with proper medical attention, we can still fast. I have already testified that, yes, there was a time when I had a challenge with my health. I got ulcers. But when I realized how I had missed my eating habits and I changed, I was able to be well and I can now fast without much hassle. And I praise God for this month. I have shared with some friends that, you know, in the past, because I normally have days to fast in the week, I did not think so seriously to devote time to a Lent season like now. But it's a revelation God gave me and this particular season, this particular year, I thank God that I'm taking time to fast. I may not go through uh, every detail, but my attention is on fasting. And of course, like we know, it can be partial, it can be absolute. But when you have to take it longer, you may not be able to sustain it when you are without food and water. So I want to pray and encourage each one of us that yes, the devil can tempt us in such a times that you know you will not manage to work, you will not manage to do this and the other, so you cannot fast. But friends, let's devote time to fast. Let's devote time to study God's word and to believe him that it is not only the physical food that we need, but we need the word of God because man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Of course, there was the second and third temptation that Satan tried to throw to Jesus and claim because, you know, having heard Jesus say it is written, you know, he also comes up to say, you know, you throw yourself down from the highest point of the temple. You know, it's written that God will put his angels in charge and you not at yourself. And of course, Jesus had to be quick to say, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. In verses 5 to 7, that's how the discourse goes. And finally, uh, the last temptation comes in when the devil tries to promise air to Jesus, you know, like some people say, promising him what already belongs to him, telling him, you, if you worship me, you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth and their splendor. 
But he forgot, Satan forgot that Jesus Christ actually is the owner of all these things. Bible says that everything was created through him. And so he owns everything because he's God, the son. And so Jesus, again, uh, stands out strong and says, Away from me, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him alone. He stresses that in verse 10. Away from me, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Friends, there could have been many temptations that come our way, just like our Lord Jesus Christ in everywhere as we are. We see him being tempted in regard to food, in regard to glory, in regard to, you know, his ability to be able to jump and be able to be sustained by God himself. But because Jesus insisted and used the word of God, Satan had to leave him. In his humanity, Jesus relied on the power of the Holy Spirit by which he had been led into the desert, but he also relied on the word of God. Will we choose God's word, God's love later? Will we choose reliance on his Holy Spirit, the one who gives power to overcome trials and temptations. And what are those temptations? There are many, but allow me to summarize them in three Gs. The gold, that is the money, the silver, the girls, or the sexual immorality, the glory, the power, and all the things that draw our attention. Are we sometimes tempted in terms of money, you know, stealing money so that we can meet our physical needs like food and the others? Are we tempted in regard to sexual immorality for our emotional needs? Are we tempted in regard to glory, the power and authority and all the glamour so that we can feel great, feel pompous? Friends, whatever the case, we have a great high priest who was tempted in the very ways that we are tempted, but he was without sin. He has experience of what we go through. He understands, and the Bible says he sympathizes with us. He knows what we are going through, and he is willing. He's willing to support us. He's willing to advocate for us, to intercede for us before the Father. And we, in our creeds, we say that he's seated at the right hand of the Father. You know, he's there pleading for you and for me, interceding for the world, especially those that trust in him. And so I encourage us that we will remember that verse 15 of chapter 4 of Hebrews, a being our givers, that for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. So friends, victory is our, we rely on God's word as we rely also on 
his Holy Spirit. But we also need to be humble so that God can empower us to resist the devil and the devil will flee from us just like he flee from Jesus. James chapter 4 verse 7 encourages us that we need to submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and the devil will flee from us. And as we conclude, I just want to remind us that just like uh, Jewish Christians in the first century, we as believers in Jesus Christ, we have a great high priest, a great high priest who is superior than the other priests, the Old Testament priests. He is superior over all the things of this earth because he's God, the Son. And so he is the best. He offers space. He is the author of life. He is the sustainer of life. He's the perfecter of life. He is the author of our salvation and also the finisher of our salvation. So we do not need to look back. There is nothing good in the world. It, it might look attractive, but the end is destruction. The Bible says there is a way that seems good to man, but the end of it is destruction. So whatever our challenges, friends, let's fix our attention on our great high priest, the one who sympathizes with us, the one who has gone through the temptations that we do uh, face, so he will help us. And he also opens a door into the Holy of Holies. We know about the Old Testament high priests that they would go to the Holy of Holies just once in a year. But he has opened, Jesus Christ has opened the access for us into God's presence, the Holy of Holies that we as the royal priesthood, the priesthood of believers, we can access God's throne. We can go to God through Jesus Christ, our great priest, and we will have the confidence to obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our times of need. I found this not interesting, even as uh, we draw to a close, that confident access to God is a priestly privilege reserved for those who have been purified from sin's pollution by Jesus' sacrifice and so can offer sacrifices of thanksgiving pleasing to God. I'll read it again. Confident access to God is a priestly privilege reserved for those who have been purified from sin's pollution by Jesus' sacrifice and so can offer sacrifices of thanksgiving pleasing to God. This is a note in the uh, New Living Translation and friends we are asked to offer those as living sacrifices that are pleasing to God having been atoned for by the great high priest let's live in obedience by living as people that are pleasing to God, offering our sacrifices of thanksgiving to him, as we are reminded in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And so we'll conclude in prayer. One 
thing that I encourage all of us to do is to thank God for Jesus' atonement for our sins. Jesus Christ, the great high priest, atoned for my sin, for your sin, and for the sins of the whole world. Will we thank him and give him all the praise that is due to him? But we also want to thank him that he does not just sympathize with our weaknesses, but he gives us the power to be able to overcome the temptations. He says, be of good courage. I have overcome the world. Whatever the challenges that we go through, he intercedes for us continually before that. So the other thanksgiving we are making is for our great high priest who sympathizes with our weaknesses and continually intercedes for us that we may have the victory when we are tempted. But also we want to ask God for mercy, ask him for forgiveness when we sin and fall short of his glory. But also ask God for mercy and forgiveness for other people around us. You could know family members, workmates, but generally people that have not yet known the Lord, people that uh, keep falling into sin. And finally, we will pray that God may give us sufficient grace, sufficient grace to help us amidst the temptations and challenges. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he says, No temptation has seized you except what's common to man. And God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. We pray that God will help us to stand up under the temptation, to stand up under the challenges and struggles. So let's pray together, and then I'll hand back to our leader today. First of all, we are thanking God for the atonement for the for us of our sins and salvation. And then we are thanking Him that He sympathizes with us. He intercedes for us, Jesus Christ, and that He provides a way out of the temptations. But also, we pray for mercy and forgiveness where we have fallen short of his glory. And then we pray for grace that we can be able to stand against the challenges of this world and the temptations. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much because you love us and you care for us. Thank you for your word, your word that is a lamp to our feet and the light for our path, your word in which we can find everything that we need for our living. And we want to thank you that Jesus Christ, who is God, the Son, who in the beginning was the Word and was with you and became the Word. Lord, we thank you, became a living being. We thank you that this Word, oh God, that we find in him as our great high priest, the only holy one who could atone for our sins. We thank you that, Lord, you could take away our sins. You can take away my sins. You could take away the sins of my brothers and sisters. You could allow Jesus Christ to die for us. You offered your all, your only begotten son, and that he was willing to sacrifice his body. That, Lord, he had to shed his blood for me 
and for many to be forgiven. We thank you for this script of salvation. Lord, how I pray that we'll not treat it lightly, but we shall be strong. We shall be grateful. We shall work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We shall live lives that are pleasing in your sight, O God. We give you thanks and praise. Father, we continue to pray, giving you thanks that you understand what we go through because you experienced it through Jesus Christ. You overcame temptations and in the same way we can overcome temptations. Lord, we are in a time when we remember the time, the 40 days he had to undergo fasting and at the end of it he was tempted. But we thank you that he was without sin. And so Lord, we thank you that he sympathizes with us that you know all our weaknesses and that Jesus Christ is at your right hand interceding for us. Lord, with you here and be able to release us from all the bondages of sin. Lord, we also know that as human beings, we sin continually. We sin the way we think. We sin the way we act. We sin the way we talk. Father, I pray that you remember mercy. Remember, mercy, Lord, that as we come before your throne of grace, we'll have that confidence, that boldness to receive the mercy because Jesus Christ opened the door to the Holy of Holies and gave us that confidence that we can come to you. Lord, we pray that you forgive us, oh God. Forgive me as a person, oh God. Forgive my family. Forgive my brothers and sisters. Forgive us as a church, oh God. Forgive us, O Lord, as a congregation at all saints, Cathedral Kampala. Forgive our people, my Father, who are lost in sin. Forgive our people in government and our fellow workmates in different places. Forgive us, Lord, and wash us clean by the blood of Jesus. That, Lord, we shall be clean, we shall be able to stand more boldly before you, that we receive more mercy. And, Lord, we thank you for the grace that is so sufficient for us, oh God, that in all these situations, in all these temptations that we go through, we shall be able to stand up. We shall be able to stand strong. We pray, my Father, that you give us that animation. Your favor that you help us to see life the way you see it, oh God. We will see it in the light of your spirit. We will see life in the light of your word, oh God. Give us more grace to read your word, to study it, to memorize it, to meditate upon it, to apply it, that Lord, we shall know that yes, we are going through different challenges and situations in life, but conquer us because of you who gives us your grace, because of you who gives us the power to overcome. We give you thanks and praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for friends that have joined in here. May you reach out and minister to each one of us at our points of need, even those that were not able to join. We pray that, Lord, you minister to them. For those who risk the recording, that they will be able to join with us. And, Lord, we pray that you continue to minister to us and continue to meet each one of us at our points of need to the glory and honor of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, we pray. Amen.